Today on Bread for the Broken with James Grizzle, pastor of Calvary Chapel, Galveston. I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge us. If you're a mature follower of Jesus Christ, we have to ask better questions. We need to display compassion towards people. They may be bringing in their kid and are like, I don't know what to do. My life's upside down. And I came here because, well, you guys are connected to him, right? Yeah, we're connected to Jesus. We're all about him. I pray we do better representing him. As disciples of Jesus, we need to do a better job at representing him. In today's message from Pastor James, he shares with you that this world is full of people that are broken and desperately need to hear the good news of Jesus. They might not ever pick up a Bible, but Pastor James explains that they might walk into a church or even witness your living example in their lives. Be a disciple of Jesus that's an excellent ambassador for him. Demonstrate to others his warmth, light, love, and forgiveness. Now here's Pastor James in the book of Mark chapter 9 with today's edition of Bread for the Broken. endure this for years. Years. Imagine the helplessness and the hopelessness that, that, that rolls in like that morning fog. Like, I can't do anything, man. There's no, and I, it doesn't state this, but you can probably safely assume that he probably has reached out to doctors. Because what good dad wouldn't do that? Right? Early on, that's when it would have been one of the first things we would have done is take them to the doctor, right? Because maybe they can help them. They could get some medicine. They could fix them. Well, no, medicine's not touching this thing because it's not a medical issue. This is a spiritual issue. And then the Messiah shows up. Then the Messiah shows up. You hear about this guy, Jesus, getting baptized by John the Baptist in the Jordan River. And he has this moment. And then that guy starts cruising around Israel, mainly in the Galilee region, right, where this guy just lives north of that. And he starts hearing the stories of, like, people are getting saved. People are getting healed. Miracles are happening. The Messiah. Hope has come. Hope has come. And then he makes that trek to the foot of the mountain, Jesus isn't here. Okay, you guys will do. Well, then we can't help you. Jesus shows up and he's like, give him to me. Let's talk about your boy. How long? What's the history? He, his dad even elaborates. He says, often he's thrown himself, or he has thrown him both into the fire and into water to destroy him. Like, I, I can't even imagine the heaviness of a dad having to communicate this. I can't even imagine that. Like, he's watching this unveil, like, happen in front of him multiple times. He has to constantly watch his kid. These are aspects of the story that we, we fail to realize. Do you understand that the 24-7 observation that has to happen in this young man's life of a dad and a mom who cannot sleep well? 
Because why? Because something's trying to kill my kid. If there's a fire going, it tries to throw him into the fire. If we're around a body of water, it tries to throw him into the water. We have to constantly be watching for our kid because something's trying to kill him. Can you imagine the stress and the, the toll that it takes on you physically, mentally, emotionally? This is a broken dad. And we see that perfectly encapsulated with, with that next little statement. But if, if, why the if? Because he came fully expecting the disciples to help him. And they felt him. And the disciples, they're your students. And they should be able to, I mean, you taught them all this stuff. I've heard the stories about them. And, and man, if they can't do it, then does that, does that mean that you can't do it? If, if at all possible, if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. There's so much weight to that statement, to that prayer request. Have compassion on us. And that's really, I think that provides us with a window into this man's life. Because it isn't just like, it isn't just like so black and white. It's like, hey, Jesus, here's my kid, demon possessed. Can you heal him? Cool. Go, right, that's sweet. Thank you so much. We'll go back to our life and all this stuff. It's like, no, here's my boy, and I can't help him at all. I have no answers, no solutions for him at all, for this kid that I love so much. And I have to watch him die. If you can help him, if you could do anything, Jesus, can you just show us some compassion? I think even maybe he was looking for that from the disciples as well. And we need to remember, there's people that will walk through these doors, and they'll come into this sanctuary, or they'll even watch online, they're just looking for some compassion. They're broken. They're hurting. We have no idea what people carry in with them, or who they bring in with them. And if you're a follower of Jesus... For any certain amount of time, I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to challenge myself. We have to get better at asking people questions. Oh, it's like, hey, how you doing? Glad you're at church. All right, cool. You know, and hey, coffee's in there. That's what I always do. Coffee's over there. Donuts. Ha, ha, ha. Get a donut. You know, all this stuff. And it's like, how are you doing? Hey, how can we pray for you today? How can I pray for you today? That's a very innocent question. But you have no idea what people are bringing in through these doors. I don't either, and I, I really stink at doing this. I'm really bad at it. But I want to challenge myself. I want to challenge us. If you're a mature follower of Jesus Christ, we have to ask better questions. We need to display compassion towards people. They may be bringing in their kid, and they're like, I don't know what to do. My life's upside down. And I came here because, well, you guys are connected to him, Right? Yeah, we're connected to Jesus. We're all about him. I pray we do better representing him. Because this guy, the first thing he asks from Jesus is, can you show us some compassion? That's what I need. I just need some compassion. I need something. Can you help us? Jesus says to him an amazing statement. If, right, he, he's playing off of the word that the guy just used. If you can help him, Jesus, basically, Jesus kind of uses that word and throws it right back at this guy. Well, if you, <laughs> he's like, I'm not worried about me. Let's talk about you. You come to me with this need, 
Let me ask, let me, let me state something for you. If, um, he goes on to say, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. And even uh, Matthew's account, this is where you get that famous statement of like, you know, uh, Jesus will, will later, he'll talk to his disciples, but it's all within the same story about faith moving mountains and the, the, you know, the faith the size of a mustard seed and how powerful that is. He's like, it only takes a little bit. Takes a, it only takes a little bit. But you have, you have every reason to have great faith in Jesus. You and I have every reason to have great faith in Jesus Christ, okay? He died on the cross and he rose from the grave three days later. That's all you need. That's all you need. You don't need the stories about the multiplying of the fish and the loaves. He died on the cross and rose three, day later, three days later. That's enough to have great faith in Jesus that he can do anything. He can do anything. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, I've I'm really sad by how some people take this verse out of context these days, right? Like we like to apply this to our selfish nature, right? Well, I believe. And so now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put this into action and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to capitalize on my belief in Jesus and get the stuff that I want. That's not what it's talking about. It's like in the context, Jesus is saying, if you believe that I can save your son, then you're right. If you believe that I'm the one who can heal your son, then you're right about that. And what this guy wanted for his son is what Jesus wanted for him as well. You see their, their needs and even the wants lined up. And that's where we really need to get with this story is our, our needs and our wants need to align themselves with his needs. We're not his needs. He has no needs. But what he has for us within our lives. Okay? You may not have that super, you know, awesome mega house and all that stuff that somehow you need. You don't need it. You want it. And that, but what you want or what you need is what he's more than willing to address within our lives. But he's talking to his dad in this very intimate setting. And he's like, if you believe, if you can believe, all things are possible for him who believes. Don't worry. It, I, I'll take care of your son. It says immediately, here's probably a verse that I've prayed myself many times. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, with tears, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That's as real as a prayer as you're ever going to see. That's as real and as authentic as a prayer as you will ever see from somebody other than Jesus. If you want to see a really awesome prayer from Jesus, read John chapter 17. But from this guy, he's like, I believe, but man, I need you to help me with my unbelief. And that just resonates in my heart so much. The more I follow Jesus, the more I find myself praying this prayer. I have no doubt in who he is. I have no doubt at his power and his ability to save people and anyone and everyone. I have no doubt in his ability to heal people. I have no doubt at all about that. But man, I do battle sometimes in my flesh, whether or not I believe it or not. <laughs> Get, well, and here's where I'm at with it sometimes. Lord, I know you can do this, but I don't know if you want to do this. Right? And maybe he doesn't. Maybe he doesn't, but that's the wrong attitude to go into a prayer. Like, I don't know, Lord, maybe. Uh, he's like, what? Do you, 
do you, do you want to pray about this or not? Like, but don't just, don't keep put it on the table and then take it away. You, believe, you want me to, you want me to, you want to talk about this? You want to bring this to my attention? You want to, you want to pray about that? Okay, leave it on the table and let's talk about this. Not every prayer is answered in the affirmative, okay? It's not, all right? Not everything that you throw to Jesus, he's not a genie. He doesn't owe you any magical wishes, okay? That's not how this thing works. But you can give him every prayer you have, every single one of them, and he knows how to answer them. Yes, no, not yet. Those are the worst, um, right? You're like, just give me a no, right? He's like, well, I don't know. We'll see. Um, that's my kids hate that from me as well. I find that funny because they always ask me stuff, and I'm like, well, I don't know. We'll see. And it's the worst. It's the worst thing you could ever say to teenagers. Um, but Jesus is talking to this guy, and this guy's like, man, Jesus, I believe that's why I'm here. But until a few moments ago, I've really been wrestling with doubt. I've really been wrestling with unbelief because I brought it to your guys and they can't even help me. And then these other guys step in, they start even arguing about whether or not my kid's condition's real or not. And they're both religious, right? I guess. I mean, they're all church people, it seems like. I don't know, Jesus. I believe in you, but I'm having a hard time. Help me with my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, because obviously within the story, he pulls this guy aside just to kind of have this intimate conversation with him. It says, he rebuked the unclean spirit. That's a demon, unclean spirit, demon. Those are the bad guys. Saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit. So it had not only gotten a hold of his tongue, but also his ears, okay? He says, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. You no longer have access to this young man. And Jesus didn't have to work up some incantation. He didn't have to get some smelly roots, right? And, and waft it in front of this kid's face. And the demon doesn't like that stench. And so he leaves. That's what they thought. Oftentimes, exorcists would conjure up super stinky stuff, right? And try to force the demon out of people because they hate that smell, right? That's not how it works. Um, Jesus, just with his word, the power of his word says, you have to leave and you can't come back anymore. And you can't come back anymore. This kid no longer belongs to you. This kid is mine. He's mine. And that, even Jesus making that statement of like, enter him no more, kind of gives us a, a little bit of a, an idea, I guess you could say that Jesus would, uh, and we should say more accurately, the Holy Spirit would soon take up residency within this kid's heart. This is a momentous uh, time for this man and for his son to have this encounter with Jesus. What we don't have is any details on this young man and what happens to him, but what what we do know is that uh, he would no longer be deaf, no longer be mute or anything like that. He's totally, completely set free. And maybe never being able to talk as a child, that's the other thing, and dad gets to hear his son say, probably for the first time, Abba, think about that. The son, for the first time ever, gets to hear the voice of his dad. Can you imagine how sweet of a moment that was? If not, you can go to YouTube and you just watch these videos 
of little babies and toddlers who have lost their hearing, and then they are given these devices so that they can hear, and you watch. You watch their reaction when they hear their mom or their sad voice for the first time. It's amazing. Do you remember when this happened to you? Do you remember when you first heard your Abba's voice? It was, I mean, it's, it's happened. If you're a follower of Jesus, you heard his voice, and how sweet was that? How amazing was that? How amazing was it that first time you had been set free and you could praise him as his own? Because you belong to him, and he set you free. And you could hear his voice. There's no sweeter sound. There's no sweeter sound. And this kid gets to experience that. And his dad gets to watch that happen. And, and it, you know, going through this life and experiencing church and, and culture and all that stuff, there's no perfect church and all that good stuff. You already know that. And, and the aim is never to be the perfect church. The aim is just to be a church who points people to Jesus, points people to Jesus. Like, we're, we're just a bunch of messed up people. None of us have this thing figured out. So let's go through this battle together with our eyes focused on him because whoever walks through these doors bringing in whatever they're going to bring in or whoever they're going to bring in, let's point them to Jesus. Let's get them to him because he is our only hope. And he's the best thing ever. He's the best thing ever. On this day, I mean, this dad probably, he never, ever forgot this day. Never forgot this day. Said that spirit, just to close up that story there, the spirit cried out, screamed out technically, convulsed him greatly and came out of him. It's like that last bit of like, I'm going to, I have to leave, but I'm going to hurt him as much as I can on my way out is really what's happening there. But the demons have to obey Jesus. They have to submit to the name of Jesus. They have to obey Jesus. He's the greatest authority. He was affected so tremendously, this young boy, it says he became as one dead, so that many said, he's dead, like he just died. But Jesus took him by the hand, just like he took that little girl by the hand who they thought was dead as well, right? Or he, you know, he raised this little girl. I mean, she technically probably did die. He raised her up. He takes this little young man by the hand and he raises him up. He lifted him up and it says he arose. And when he had come into the house, now this is Jesus, they transition away from the story. His disciples asked this million-dollar question, what, what did we do wrong? <laughs> like, why couldn't we help him? Why couldn't we cast it out? And our last little verse today says, Jesus, so Jesus said to them, this kind, this demon, not a specific demon, but this demon possession can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. Prayer and fasting. Now, some of your manuscripts add fasting into that. It wasn't in the original text and all that good stuff. And, and there's good reasons as to why it, it's included within there. But really what Jesus is pointing out here is like, listen, if you want to have victory over these things, you better be praying. You better be praying. And, and even prayer and fasting, that's, that's really a way of centering ourselves and focusing on Jesus, right? That's when you fast right? Unless you're doing it intermittently because of health reasons. But when you fast for a spiritual reason, the goal, the purpose of that is to focus more in on Jesus. That's why you fast, right? To, to, you know, to deny your flesh and to grow closer to the Lord and all that good stuff. 
Jesus says, look, if you want to have victory over these things, you have to be praying, you have to be fasting, you have to be prepared. And you can't waste your time arguing because no demon has ever been cast out of anybody because two believers were arguing with each other, right? It's never, it's never happened. It's never happened. But when we pray, when we, when we focus our attention back onto Jesus and we stay closely connected to him, there's victory to be had. There is victory to be had. What's interesting about the rest of this chapter is, you know, this section we just went through, it, it highlights a young man. And then we're going to have an argument between the disciples about who's the greatest. And Jesus pulls a little kid to himself and he says, well, this is the greatest. And then he's even going to address this child again uh, as, as we finish out this chapter. But I, I do want to, I, I noted that when I was studying through the rest of this chapter this week, and, and, I, and I would ask you to pay attention to that as well, because Jesus is, look, he's still in the business of saving kids. And he loves using kids to illustrate to us grown-ups who get so rigid and set in our ways. You better pay attention to these kids. Don't miss it. You, you'll miss heaven if you're, if you're not paying attention to these little kids. For this dad in the story, oh, you want to have tremendous faith, be like a kid. Be like a kid. And that's hard to do because as grown-ups, we've lived through so much. We've experienced so much. We carry hurts with us, you know, things that little kids haven't yet experienced yet for the most part. But the call is still for, for you and I to go back to that, like, hey, just it's, it's childlike is what it is. And I know that church may have hurt you. I know that there may be some wounds there and all that good stuff. But man, just like these, these kids we'll see later on in the, in the chapter, I would encourage you, myself, anybody else, you just keep running to Jesus. You keep running to Jesus. And I would also even go one step further for anybody who has experienced harm or hurt from the church. Um, run to Jesus, stay focused in on Jesus, and ha- hey, how about we learn how not to make some of those same mistakes and apply those to our walks, right? Hurts happen. People let each other down all the time. That happens. It's, sad. it's a sad reality, but that's, what we, that's, that's where we live. But man, we can move forward. We can move forward, and we can come together, and we can focus our attention on Jesus And I want to be prepared for anybody and everybody who walks through those doors who may be bringing in, maybe it's their own kid into here, and they're like, I can't do anything. Like, this is my last hope. And what they see is not us picking scabs, you know, or arguing about this or that. It's like, oh, you know what? We'll help you get your kid to Jesus. We'll help you get your kid to Jesus. Let's pray. We'll pray. Let's do this. It, it's really engaging them, right? That's, we got to get to this point. It's just, I'm speaking as a church as a whole in general because I, I hear the stories all the time and, and all that good stuff. And I know, I know what's out there. I know there's stuff out there. I mean, even, even close friends who have been wounded, but it's like we have to focus back in on Jesus. The hurts are real. I get it. I'm sorry for the hurts. They're real. But we have to focus on Jesus. We have to press on. We have to press on.
Thanks for joining us today here on Bread for the Broken. You've been listening to Pastor James Grizzle as he teaches through the book of Mark, one of the accounts of Jesus' time here on earth. Though it's short, this book is powerful as it's filled with encounters that Jesus had with people, everyday people just like you and me. And the book of Mark reminds us that Jesus came to serve. He humbly did what needed to be done, even if it wasn't glamorous. Jesus healed the people who were sick. He spent time with the lonely and the rejected. He loved the unloved unconditionally. And then he proved his love by the ultimate act of service. He gave up his life for all of us. He took the place of every person on the earth, and then those to come, because we all deserve death. Our sins make us unacceptable to God, and we're unable to do anything to fix it. That's why we need Jesus. Today, if you haven't allowed Jesus to be your Savior, please consider it again. If you have questions or would you like to talk more with someone, then please take a moment and go to breadforthebroken.com and click on Contact. Just fill out the form and we'll be in touch with you. You can also come visit us if you're in the Galveston area. Bread for the Broken is a ministry of Calvary Galveston, and we meet every Sunday and Thursday. So find out more at breadforthebroken.com. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Next time, Pastor James will pick up where he left off in the book of Mark. So make a note of where we are and make plans to join us next time, here on Bread for the Broken. Let me paint the picture of you, babe.